When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Sponsor of the Score North Studios, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hour two, we'll, we'll get to your call. 651-646-8255 in just about 10, maybe 15 minutes, but it is time for Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights, and he of the NFL Network joins us now as he does every Monday at this time. Tom, how are you this afternoon, sir? Still here. 20 days till Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go. Football. Yeah. There was a... There was some reckless, reckless speculating going on here before the break about just what direction the Vikings head in now and the questions they have to answer with Kirk Cousins one year left on his deal. Same with Stibiamlin, same with Zimmer. Would you expect that there is, A, any major change this offseason or, B, any extension of what's become the norm with those three guys this offseason? Well, there will be changes, certainly, but it's not going to involve the offensive scheme or the defensive scheme. I think that... The personnel is probably where it's going to be felt the most. They've got a lot of different decisions that they need to make in terms of balancing out the salary cap. They've got some high-paid veterans. They've got some guys who are going to become free agents. You know, you can put Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander on the free agent list. Of course, you know, what happens with Xavier Rhodes? What happens with Linval Joseph? There's a, a ton of questions. Um, you know, most immediately they do have to figure out who's going to be calling the offensive plays next year. Gary Kubiak is under contract. Mike Zimmer wants them to stay there. They are not going to change the scheme, but they're going to have to figure out whether or not Kubiak wants to be a full-time OC. He's had health issues in the past. I would certainly expect that they're going to be looking around for other people who know that system. Um, You know, defensively, Mike Zimmer still calls the defense. Probably the effect is going to be felt less, but they're going to have to hire someone on that side of the ball too. So I thought it was interesting. Zimmer said for the first time he's going to take a little bit of a break here after the season before going into the personnel evaluations. I think it uh, it makes a lot of sense off a season where, you know, probably people were walking into work today feeling like they just went 0-16. This is still a team that won a playoff game. They won 11 games total during the course of the season. They started out 10-4, and had a chance at the division title going into Week 16. There's there's a lot of positives. They grew on offense. They just, you know, Zimmer said he spent an hour on the phone this morning with Bill Far- Parcells trying to talk about how they get over the hump. That's a, a real thing. They've got to figure out how to take that that next step and it's going to take a hard look in uh, a lot of different departments to figure that out i think it's you know if you're vikings fan tom it feels like you know every six years or so you reach the end of one era or the end of one iteration and then you and oftentimes it's it's time for a new coach and that's just the way nfl cycles work and so 
If you're the Vikings right now, and you know you've got two new coordinator spots to fill, and you're trying, to, you've got some aging guys on defense and some big contracts, and you've got a ton of big decisions to make. How can you tell if you're at the end of one era or iteration versus if it's just time to sort of reload and reshuffle? Like, how, how do you know that if you're an NFL team? Age, mostly. I mean, what what percentage of your salary cap is taken up by guys who are 30 years or older? You know, how many of your guys are still on the ascent that are making the most money? That's a lot of times what can tell you that. I mean, go back to, I would say the last time that you really hit this point with the Vikings was circa 2010-2011, where, uh, you know, 2009, you go to the NFC Championship game, really didn't make a ton of changes going into 2010. Of course, they had different issues, Sidney Rice's injuries, Percy Harvin's issues, brought back Moss. I mean, we can go on forever about that season. But, you know, after that, and after you went, I think they went, what, 5-11 and or 6-10 and that year, that would have been the time to just completely reset and blow it up. But instead... They brought a lot of people back. You had the lockout that year. You had a new head coach in Leslie Frazier who wanted to hold on to some of the, you know, the older, the older pieces um, instead of just simply, you know, hitting reset. Uh, and 2011 was a three and 13 disaster. You know, 2012 they started to rebuild it. They actually went 10 six, got into the playoffs, uh, but it took some time, and that kind of set them on the arc that they are on now, where they've been building and building and building. Now, I think if you want to look to how do you make that transition this time without simply, um, you know, saying we're going to be bad for a couple of years? Look to Seattle. I mean, Seattle was a team that won the Super Bowl after the 2013 season. They got back there after 2014. And then by 2017, 2018, they had in between Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor had a, you know, a career ending injury. Michael Bennett was getting older. Cliff Averill had a career ending injury. Uh, they, you know, they had a lot of guys who, who kind of aged. You know, if you look at that Seattle roster now, the only guys I believe who are left from the Super Bowl team are Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and KJ Wright. I might be missing somebody, but I think that's about it. Yet they've continued to win. You know, they trusted and they rolled some young guys out there and they, you know, they bid it a little bit in terms of, you know, moving on from some of those old guys, but they also, you know, were aggressive through trades. They were aggressive through free agency, uh, certainly in the second and third waves of free agency. Uh, and then, you know, drafted in volume, kept trading back and back and back, and they'd get 11, 12, 13 picks every year. Uh, just continue to feed those guys in and have it be competition. I mean, there's, you know, everybody does it a little bit differently. I think that Rick Spielman and George Payton, those guys have done a very good job of building up the roster through the years. But when you, you know, you're looking at this right now, and a lot of your core guys on defense are a little bit older. You got to figure out how do you take the emotion out of it and figure out, you know, is Xavier Rhodes worth 10.5 million next year? Can we go get somebody else mm-hmm. who's better than Rhodes or can give us the same thing that he does? I mean, everybody can, you know, knock Rhodes for this season. He, he says it himself that he didn't play up to his standard, you know, but you could do worse. That Xavier Rhodes, he played pretty well in that game against the Saints. You know, what's Trey Wayne's worth? What's Mackenzie Alexander worth? These are all things that they've uh, they got to sort out here, and you are going to have to lean on some of those those younger guys as, as you move forward here just to keep your cap healthy and continue to have the draft, develop, pay system that the Vikings have used for a lot of their roster building. Speaking of that then, Tom, defensively, who do you guess is not back? I mean, it's it's hard without having the entire you know salary report in front of me right now. I mean, the guys I mentioned would be the you know the most interesting cases to me between Xavier Rhodes, who's due ten point five million this season. I mean, that's a big number. Yep. Linval Joseph is another question simply because you know he's had some surgeries and you know he played well against the Saints. You know he had his moments. So 
can you get that much out of him? Do you have other guys who can roll in? They do have defensive line depth. Maybe that's a spot where you decide you can get younger. Everson Griffin had a hell of a year. What do you do with him? You know, he says he wants to be back. What's that worth? What do you invest in that guy? I mean, those are those are all questions. And then, yeah, I mean, corner between Wayne's the free agent, Alexander's a free agent, and Rhodes, you have to make the decision. I would not expect all those guys to be back. They got to hope Mike Hughes is going to be able to stay healthy. Uh, Zimmer said that the the neck injury is not surgical, and they think he's going to be okay by the you know by off season workouts here. Uh, that's a guy you're counting on. But who else? I mean, you can't count on Holton Hill. You can like his skill set, but you know he's one more failed drug test away from being out a year. So you're going to have to you're going to have to develop a plan. I mean, these are all. These are all the long-term things that you have to evaluate. It's never in isolation. You got to make all the numbers add up, and you got to figure out not just okay that guy didn't play well. He's making a lot of money. Cut him. It's okay. What do we do now? You surprised that they're looking reportedly now for two coordinators on both sides of the football so so shortly after that game? No, because I mean Stefanski's gone, so that's you know, that's the obvious one. And George Edwards. I mean, we reported a few weeks ago that his contract was up. That was a yeah, that's a situation where George wants to go somewhere and call plays. And, you know, he may or may not get that opportunity. Possibility, you know, is he pop up in Cleveland? Is there something else out there for him? Um, you know, that was always something that, you know, Edwards has had, he's had opportunities in the past to interview for head coaching jobs. If he wants to do that, then having that defense that he's running and calling the plays, you know, it's not like an a, the end all be all, but it certainly would, would help him. So. Makes sense that, you know, they're they're looking there too. And, you know, Jerry Gray, that was a little bit of a surprise. I think his contract was up too, but parting ways with him, uh, you know, the defensive backs coach has been there for a number of years now. That was a little bit of a surprise. I uh, just remember the defense is Mike Zimmer's baby. Well, whoever is there, they're going to be running that scheme. Yeah. Tom Pelissero here on Mackey and Jeb with Rami every Monday at 5 o'clock, and we'll have him throughout the playoffs as well. So if you go through, the, the Cleveland Browns came back in 1999. They came back. And uh, they were gloriously two and fourteen and three and thirteen. And I have a list of about nine hundred coaches that have coached the Cleveland Browns over that stretch. Uh, the longest tenured coach, Romeo Crennel, actually got four years as the Browns coach between two thousand. His defense was great on Sunday. Yeah, they they went ten and six one year. It was great. Uh, otherwise, it's just been churn and burn, baby. Why will Kevin Stefanski be different, Tom Pelissero? Well, I'm certainly not willing to stick my neck out and say that he will be different. The reason yeah. I think that he would have a chance to uh, potentially be different uh, is in part because, you know, there's a reason that Kevin was able to stick around through several different head coaches, numerous offensive coordinators, and kept rising the ladder within the Vikings organization going back to 2006 and moving to different positions and eventually becoming the OC. He has an ability to work with different people and to learn different philosophies and you know he's very as brad childers once told me the best thing about kevin is he can keep a cool head when everybody else is losing theirs he knows how to deal with people uh he did have a lot of belief in that locker room players spoke really highly of him with the vikings and it seems like he has bought into the way that the browns want to structure uh, their program which is going to be different i mean paul d podesta the chief strategy officer has a lot of influence there doesn't work in the building. His background's in baseball. They're the only NFL team that I've ever heard of that conducted all of their head coach interviews without a single football person in the room. It's just, it's different. But, you know, Stefanski, you know, there's there's a reason that he continued to get opportunities, continued to stick around, uh, is a really smart guy, 
does know offense and does know people. That, that's a at this point, if you're becoming the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, that is as much a people job as it is a football job, and and he's able to navigate both of those worlds pretty well. Is George Payton going to? I saw a report just now that the Browns have put in to at least talk to him to, I would guess, get the Browns GM job. But George has had opportunities to leave the Vikings before, as you know, Tom, and has not. He's turned down the Browns twice. So Can't blame him. It just shows you how many GM searches the Browns have <laughs> yeah. gone through the years. True. Uh, but this, one's, this one is unique because um, uh, that Kevin Stefanski's there. Uh, George speak, you know, thinks highly of Kevin Stefanski believes in him. If this were any other team in the league that had a GM opening and Spansky was going there as head coach, I would think that would be the no-brainer hire. But it's it's unique. Uh, no one's entirely certain what the structure is in Cleveland because you have Dee Podesta, because you have the, uh, the cap guy, Chris Cooper, who's also been heavily involved. Uh, everybody's kind of wondering, you know, how much how much authority over football do you, are you really going to have? I mean, John Dorsey was presented with a plan that basically relegated him to being, uh, you know, a personnel director. They, they tried to demote him, and he didn't want any part of that, so he reached the settlement and left. Uh, you know, is this a real GM job? I mean, the if it's not, the Vikings could technically block him from interviewing. Spielman and Peyton have been together forever. I don't think that Rick would block George just, you know, on a technicality. But if George isn't going to have the power in Cleveland to actually run that thing the way it needs to be run and to kill the snakes in the building that he's going to have to. I would think that he'd be he'd be wary of it, but it does sound as if uh, you know there's enough there with Stefanski that he's at least open to listening. Yeah. Well, Tom, uh, we we appreciate we're, we're looking forward to the next two weeks. Even though a lot of Vikings fans are probably going to have a hard time watching the Packers play in the championship weekend here, but we're looking forward to your insights throughout the rest of these playoffs. And we thank you for the work you've done on our show throughout the Vikings season. Where where can people find you this week on TV? What's your schedule? Well, I'll mostly be on the home cam. We'll be breaking it down. We got nine hours of championship Wednesday coverage for all your Green Bay Packers and 49ers and everybody else, Chiefs and Titans needs. Uh, and then I will be heading out uh, over the weekend to Mobile, Alabama. I'll be coming to you live from the Senior Bowl next week. So draft, season's not even over, but let draft season begin here. Right on. That is Tom Pelissero. And by the way, the, uh, the 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 2010 season he alluded to earlier in this interview, you can find a full deep dive breakdown on the Minnesota Sports Rewind podcast, the craziest season in Vikings history. Tom, Judd, and myself sat down and uh, and dove into the 2010 Vikings season. So go find that on the Score North app or Apple, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. See you, Tom. Later. Boom. Hey, gentlemen. Yes. A little bit of I wouldn't I wouldn't call it breaking Vikings news, but I would definitely call it developing Vikings news here. Oh, developing Vikings news. We need like a developing news sounder. It's not breaking news sounder. <laughs> Judd, how do you feel about nepotism? Never happens. Don't know what you're talking about. Alex Marvez reporting. I, I know where you're going with this. I saw this. Yeah. Multiple sources tell SiriusXM NFL that Adam Zimmer is a candidate to become the Vikings' next defensive coordinator, working under his dad. Mike Adams served as the Vikings linebackers coach the past six seasons and helped develop two good ones in Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr. If his name wasn't Adam Zimmer, I think, I mean, not that it should matter, but you'd say, oh, man, the guy who helped develop Eric Hendricks and Eric Hendricks has become amazing and Anthony Barr is what he is. Yeah, Yeah, okay, elevate that guy. What do you think, though? 
Well, I think that that means if that's Clint the Kubiak case, and yeah, Zimmer, I was going to say if that's the case, then Mike's kid is going to be the DC, and Gary's kid is going to be the offensive coordinator. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, here's the thing: Mike calls all the plays. He's the de facto coordinator, so it's not as if oh George is leaving and he did all these great things. I, I have no idea what George did. Like seriously, I don't know. He was here since 2014. I'm sure he did something. He probably did something well, but I have no clue what. So I'll avoid the I'll avoid the easy one liner here. The Taco Bell incident. Yeah. So if that's the case, <laughs> then okay, Adam's gonna do what his dad tells him. You know. So who knows? But yeah, I I don't. I just think a little a little outside perspective never hurt. A little outside I perspective. Don't never disagree. Hurt I don't disagree. But I but this conversation. When we talk about the potential fundamental changes of this team, goes so much deeper than that. If you want to have success, right? Like we've been talking about, what do you do? And and it goes so far beyond. Okay, move this coach over here and move this coach there. It's a it's a shift in in personnel philosophy and who you pay and who you don't pay and what position you value and what positions you can say. You know what? Yeah. That's important. But so this this if this conversation is going to be about the Vikings getting to a Super Bowl. Like that's such a blip of who's you know who is the defensive coordinator who's not calling defensive play. Right. Have we heard Adam Zimmer speak? Because remember we heard Belichick's son speak, and it was <laughs> it was Bill That'd Belichick. Be great if he started he, talking, just bunch he, he of does not sound he, like Mike Zimmer. He doesn't. No. Okay. He he Mike definitely like like he definitely looks like a young Mike Zimmer. Yeah, he does for sure. He does. Yeah, I'm much. looking at a picture of him right now. Yeah, but the Vikings have just I, I envy franchises like. Baltimore, even Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's had the same quarterback for like 18 years or whatever, 15 years. Some of these franchises that can withstand, I mean, the Seattle, the Super Bowl team in Seattle, there's not that many players left on that roster anymore. The teams that can sort of withstand the ebbs and the flows of rosters and here's one era that shifts into the next one and they don't need like a five-year stretch of being terrible. The Ravens had one down year. They went 5-11 and in 2015. And they they maintain Joe Flacco for a couple of years, but the Ravens have kind of the Ravens for twenty years have basically gone through three or four different iterations and even a couple coaches from Billick to Harbaugh, and they and they and they navigate it. And I don't know if the Vikings are the Vikings always seem to like hang on one year too long to a roster core and then have to fire a coach. They reward people a lot, you know. They're good at building those Can rosters. I ask for one guy. Can I just get one guy? Tom Brady. It's a big ask. No, it's not Tom Brady. Can I get Deshaun Watson? Because I feel like he's That's being wasted in Houston. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, he's got a coach who goes into Kansas City and tries to pull off a fake punt. I like how Judd just asked for Deshaun Watson like he asked for a quarter to go to the vending machine. Yeah. Can I just ask you Can I just, just real I just quick, Deshaun... no trouble. You got a Deshaun Watson on you? You know what? Bill O'Brien. I'll get you, I'll get you back. I'll get you back. <laughs> Bill O'Brien ain't using him, right? Bill O'Brien's goofing it up, right? Just give me Deshaun Watson. I feel like Deshaun Watson should be going to conference championship games, not having a putz of a head coach who tries to run a fake punt. What was that? I know that's what I'm saying. That's what hilarious. was the score when he tried to fake punt? What, what? 24 nothing. 24 nothing? Right? I think it was, it was 24 0. 24. It doesn't matter. Pretty sure it was 24 0. So goofed up that whole game. Or was it 24 7? Might have been 24 7 by that time. But anyway, he just, just get Deshaun Watson out of there. 
I mean, I don't think anybody's going to fight you on this, Judd, other than the Texans and their fans. Well, Nobody I, around here is going to fight you on getting Deshaun Watson here. The Astros cheat. The Texans are idiots. Just give me Deshaun Okay, Watson. that Astros thing is like 30 seconds on something non-Vikings here. Uh, that's I so love satisfying, isn't it? Major League Baseball comes down and they say, all right, uh, Luna, so the GM and the, and the manager, you guys are both suspended for a year and we're taking a bunch of draft picks away from you. And then Jim Crane, the owner, says... Actually, you're fired. Yes. How often do you see that where a league hands down a harsh punishment and then the owner comes in and he's like, can you imagine if Robert Kraft had come in and said, oh, the league fined us a half million dollars and suspended Bill Belichick for or whatever, Tom Brady for Deflategate. For, actually, we've cut Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is fired. No well, owner has the guts to do what Jim Crane did today. How do you go a full year without a GM or a manager? How can you also police that too? Like, can't interim guys step in and then yeah, you it's hard to. Police. If you're Luna, I mean, can't you well, just here, like text all the like, hey, trade, 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 I'll do that. They wouldn't. Ch- oh yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. But here's the here's <laughs> the question, because it it sounds like the report, the smoking gun, Alex Cora is like all throughout the, the report, and he didn't get suspended from Boston because they said, oh, we're investigating Boston, which means Cora is going to get at least, if not more than a year. Does Boston now say, okay, we're firing you too? Because my question is, did Manfred, who I think is an underhanded you-know-what, might have gone to Jim Crane and said, you want to get some goodwill with me? Get rid of these guys. Did you see Lunau's statement on the way out, by the way? No. Was it just a picture of him double birding with with the World Series trophy on his shoulder? SOB, let's hear it. This is just throwing people under the bus on his way out. He's like, hey guys, sorry about what I did, but... He said, I accept responsibility for rules violations that occurred on my watch as president of baseball baseball operations, blah, blah, blah. Second paragraph starts with, I am not a cheater. Anybody who has worked closely with me during my 32-year career inside and outside baseball can attest to my integrity. I did not know rules were being broken. As the commissioner set out in his statement, I did not personally direct, oversee, or engage in any misconduct. The sign-stealing initiative was not planned or directed by baseball management. The trash can banging was driven and ex- driven and executed by <laughs> players. And the video decoding of sides originated and was executed by lower-level employees working with the bench coach, who was Alex Cora at the time. Yep. I am deeply upset that I wasn't informed of any misconduct because I would have stopped it. And let me tell you something about the bat talking too, and the steroids. There, there's a guy who's singing, huh? Trying that's to save amazing. his own. That's amazing, man. That's that's like, amazing. Uh, that's great, man. Go out in a blaze of glory, baby. Oh. Just throw everybody under the bus. When we come back, we'll get to. I see Dave and Jeff have been holding for a while, so we'll get to a couple more phone calls on what you guys think the Vikings should do. It's Therapy Monday here on Mackie and Joe with Rami and. Our Vikings nitpick segment, along mm. with Rapping with Royce. Therapy Monday continues here in a moment on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, but Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help you business owners out there. I have been a business owner in my life, and I can tell you about some highs and about some lows, and mostly I would say it, it's an invigorating rush, but you want to make sure that you've got the peace of mind of having the right insurance and the right team behind you, ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly if something were to happen, so you can get on with running your business. You need that frontline protection that Federated Mutual Insurance Company offers. They are here to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business, specifically customized for your business. At Federated, their value is measured, and they will say this up and down, by the success of you, the client. If you win, they win at Federated. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries Federated protects. And remember, Federated, it's their business. 